Hello and welcome to another episode of Brothers Creed Podcast, where we talk about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers, and I am Jared. And I'm Ethan. Today we have a, a very interesting topic for you. We're going to be talking about charisma. Charisma. Or charisma is how it's spelled. <laughs> I literally was thinking that in my mind as you said that. Um, you know, charisma, I'm sure you can think in your life and think of certain people that are very charismatic and um, kind of how they interact with people and how they influence people. Uh, so we're just going to talk about a couple of those things today, how it's useful, what what we can maybe do to be more charismatic, uh, give some examples of some people that, that are charismatic, and, um, and kind of some of the pros and cons, because it's not Always a good thing. I think it potentially could be used. Yeah, you can uh, for, kind of venture for, into, for bad. Yeah, you can well. you could venture into kind of just people pleasing. So we're gonna talk about some of the differences there, uh, and being charismatic, but not just being trying to appease everybody all the time. So there's some distinctions there too. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. You can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in the pocket. We will not go quietly into the night. They tell me you're a man with true grit. I am the one who knocks. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! That's how winning is done! Okay, so, um, charisma. Just to give, uh, kind of go over a couple uh, brief, just general definitions of, of charisma. Charisma is compelling attractiveness or charm that in, can inspire devotion in others. Um, it says charismatic people believe in something powerfully and share that belief with others. Their conviction is consistent actions and consistent actions influence others to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that and maybe we can talk about this at the end, but uh, I kind of want to talk. I'll pose a question now, and we'll round back to it at the end. But is is charisma a skill or is it a trait? Is it a something that something you can you can develop, or is it something that's just some people are just naturally charismatic? Uh, I, I think that it is definitely a, a skill that you can develop. I think most things are skills that you can develop. Um. Because there's some people you trust, and there's some people you just don't. Well, that's just just a, because I, even just the way they the way they look, or the way they feel, or the way they talk, or the way they I think that's like kind of on like an energy thing, though. Yeah, that's like true. Like if you are giving off a negative energy, like someone goes up to, and they're kind of giving off a negative vibe, you can almost sense that even if they're acting the same way as someone else. It's like women have this uncanny ability to detect creepers. Like <laughs> my yeah. wife, she'll go to the gym, and she's like, "Yeah," she's like these older guys like it's always older guys for some reason she's like they're just so like these guys will be creeping them they're just standing behind me just like staring at me at the gym she's like uh can i help you with something you know uh and like you know whereas like some other guys you know she can like you know it's she, these guys aren't creepers and she, she gets like a vibe from people yeah what, one of the things i want to talk about briefly here is you, you mentioned the definition and i i, I was uh, i'm going to share pieces of this book uh, and she talks about four different types of charisma. Okay. So it's kind of interesting. So this book is uh, called uh, The Charisma Myth by Olivia Fox Cabane. And she talks about four types. So one is the focus char- charisma. So, so this is someone who listens intently and makes people feel respected and heard, such as Oprah. 
you know, it's like, tell me about that. Or, you know, I want to yeah. know. And like, they're just a good listener and they're understanding. The next one is a visionary charisma. So this is someone who can com- uh, complete conviction in an idea or a cause and inspires others to follow. So you, know, you could say Steve Jobs or you could say like the guy at Waco, Texas that was leading the group of people or like a, a cult leader or someone who's just like has this vision and he inspires people to, you could say Elon Musk, you know, he has a grand vision of what he wants to do. go to Mars and colonize Mars. Uh, that's kind of a visionary charisma. Uh, then there's the kindness charisma, which is uh, warmth and emotional connection are the major elements uh, with this type. So you could say the Dalai Lama is an example uh, that, you know, someone who's just very kind and, and so warm and welcoming. Uh, the last one is an authoritarian charisma. Uh, and this is the power and status are key to this type. Uh, this is kind of examples like Stalin or Hitler. Hitler was very charismatic as far as authoritarian charisma. Uh, he was, you know, he, he commanded his speeches and he, he commanded this power. Uh, very charismatic as far as a uh, public speaker. Um, you know who also was? Maybe not, in, maybe not totally an authoritarian way, but maybe a little bit. President Obama. He was a very charismatic speech uh, speaker, you know. Yeah. Uh, when he spoke, I think he spoke very eloquent, eloquently. Uh, Joe Biden, not so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not so much at all. A true international pressure. <laughs> <laughs> or even at that, though, a lot of times when Trump's talking. No, yeah, you, you I would just, say you just roll your eyes. You're like, oh, come on, man. When like, Trump talks off script, uh, it's not yeah. eloquent at all. I, 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 I would say that Obama was a very. Um, uh, eloquent speaker, and that gave him this charisma, uh, this authoritarian charisma. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think Trump really had that. Well, a Trump had kind of a little bit of a different though, because it's like he was rough around the edges, and he wanted people to, and, and people didn't see him as a politician, and and so well, maybe, I think his, his, and he his, wasn't PC. So maybe there was that charisma yeah. of being like bold and saying whatever he wants. He's like, I assure you. My hands are not the only thing that's small, you know. It's just like uh, that's like I think some of my too. uh, He might be maybe visionary, you know, and 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 yeah, that's true. He's um, basically painting this picture for people that other people want as well, and so they're like, "Hey, I want that," so I'm in, right? That's kind of what that's kind of what Hitler did. um, Is he he painted a picture of. Um, of what Germany could yeah, be. Yeah, so, so I have this thing on Hitler. It says, he convinced an entire nation to drop logic and jump on an emotional scapegoating bandwagon. Everything was the Jews' fault. You know, that's what... Don't 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 edit that little, uh, that little, that little <laughs> thing not, yeah. and use it for me. You have to... This is in context, okay? So, uh, uh, you know, just everybody... He just convinced people to jump on this band. He just kind of let them down this... A uh, little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, and then they were in this in this thing, and they were just crazy, right? Well, who are the scapegoats now? Yeah, the unvaccinated. We're growing tired. I was gonna say, I was gonna with say, your yeah. uh, with your resistance, yeah, our our patience is wearing thin, is what yeah. he said. Uh, yeah. Not that he didn't use force to, but even to get the ball rolling, um, but it, it must it, it must have required an incredible amount of charisma to kind of start that process yeah, absolutely. and to convince people to basically, you know, hate a, another people, which, yeah, yeah. I mean that, that does sound kind of familiar, but yeah. 
it's interesting. I think I was listening to a podcast once called Gurus or something like that, and it talks about these. It talks about these different gurus who uh, they basically shan't. They're, they're scam artists, and they get people to come in. and And there was this one I was listening to, and this guy, he had people come to his sweat lodge and he was like, you know, we're doing, these are like professional people who want to take their, you know, professional game to the next level and break mental barriers, you know, like kind of the rura stuff, kind of like yeah. self-help type stuff. Uh, we talk about some help, self-help stuff, but not to this extent. Anyway, this guy, um, apparently he had been featured in like the secret movie or something like that. So he got quite a bit of notoriety uh, and he wasn't like, trained in sweat lodges or whatever so but he was doing this sweat lodge and he was like if you if you can't stay he's like you're gonna want to die going into this thing he's like you will want to die and you probably will get close to death but if you can stick through it with the whole thing then you'll be broken through and you'll break those mental barriers so everybody's like okay and so he would go in there and he was like and he told the guy that was helping he's like i want you to bring the hottest stones you could have ever brought and uh and uh, so the guy's like, okay. And so they're all in the sweat lodge, and basically, um, people are all around this thing. And the guy's sitting next to the door. Every fifteen minutes, he'll open the flap and say, "Hey, who do you, who wants to leave?" And a handful of people would get up and go outside, and then you know whatever. So after being in there for like, I think it was like an hour or or two, uh, there's just like a small group of people left, and they're like literally almost passed out. Their their body temperature is so high. Um, and, and he is like, you just stay here with me, stay, stay here with me. But every time he opened the flap every 15 minutes, he got a breath of cool air and cool air came in on him. But everybody else that was in the tent didn't get that. It was on the other side of the door. Yeah. And so literally what happened is he eventually came out and like at least one, I think two people didn't come out. They died. They cooked. They basically, they died inside uh, of the tent. And on the outside, people were coming out and they were just like pouring buckets of cold water on people. And it was just like the steam was going off their bodies. They were dehydrated. They're all throwing up. And like, do you know what the guy did? He got in his car and he left. He left the weekend getaway thing. Uh, and so it's that charisma of people. He, he attracted people in with his charisma, but he had no idea what he was doing. And he ended up killing two people because, you know, he was just, people were like, oh, I need to focus in. I need to, I yeah. need to be. I need to break these mental barriers and I can break the glass ceiling. Anyway, it's kind of a side story, but wild what charisma that's, someone that's charismatic can do. Yeah, that that's one thing that I wanted to bring up is that charisma can be used for both good and bad, I think. You know, in in the example that we, you know, we, we said Hitler and we said um uh you know, th- th- this guy, he kind of abused that that power. Yeah. Um you know, it was interesting I was reading a story about Gandhi and um he originally was not like a super peaceful person. In fact, he was like really kind of coarse and kind of rude to people. And he, he was uh, very quick to uh, kind of anger and, and stuff. Uh, but then he he was in India and he traveled to uh, South Africa to uh, spend some time there. There's this massive train system that he was going to go on. Um, but he was uh, he had a first class ticket on this train, but one of the guys in first class didn't want to sit next to an Indian guy. And so he's in India. No, this is in South Africa. Oh, okay. he was in, went to South Obviously Africa. No, no, no. Okay. So some guy in, uh, 
in first class didn't want to sit next to an Indian guy. And so the, the train people, operators or whatever, security made him uh, go sit in like a, a, like a baggage cabin, even though he had a first class ticket. Huh. And so as he was sitting in this like luggage compartment and he, he kind of uh, had this complete change of, of person and decided to fight uh, injustice with um, kind of uh, passively, right? And yeah. uh, passive uh, rebellion and, and different things like that. And he he normally, because uh, India was colonized by, uh, Great by, by Great Britain, and so he wore like the traditional British attire and stuff like that. But he uh, actually ended up adopting like that... that um, kind of the robe that he has. Yeah. And that was like a traditional robes of uh, an Indian farmer in the countryside. And so it was kind of a thing of, of humility. And then he started uh, protesting with the you know, passive protesting and everything's like that. And, and his, his whole attitude towards things ch- changed and he really kind of built this charisma. He really kind of built this, um, you know, uh, compassion and, and, and love and, and fairness and, and stuff like that. And there was a lot of things that changed in South in Africa where he was. And then he went back to India and he kind of did the same thing. He built this massive rebellion basically. And eventually I think in the forties, India, um, you know, was, was, uh, freed or liberated from, from British, uh, hmm. tyranny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I just thought that was kind of, kind of an interesting question, but, uh, it could be used for both good and bad. Uh-huh. Um, it could be used to push an agenda or to gain power over others, or it could be used to, to teach people, to bring people together for a greater cause to serve, um, and to lift up. You know, I think of like, I don't know, like Tony Robbins or something like that. Like a lot, a lot of these Dave Ramsey, these guys are just kind of very charismatic guys. You know, if you were sitting in a room with them and yeah. you were talking with them, um, they're going to just really promote some of these characteristics of people that are charismatic. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, charismatic people, they're, they get your attention. Uh, it's almost like in your, like they build that trust. I think mm-hmm. that's what that's an important piece. So I know I know that you have uh, five characteristics. Maybe we can you can go through yours, and I'll tell you if I have any that are similar. Yeah. So five characteristics of uh, charismatic people, charismatic people. Uh, number one is they exude joy. Um, they show obvious pleasure and experiences, and they invite others to enjoy in this experience and and uh, kind of join them. So I'm going to kind of go through these five and then to say what it is and then how we can enhance this for ourselves. So you can enhance your charisma by by sharing your passions with those around you and helping others to uh, flourish their own passions. And so it's kind of like inspirational, right? Sharing something that you absolutely love. And people can see that. Like if you really, you know, I've talked with some people that really, really, really love what they do for like their job really yeah at your your work no (laughs) (laughs) was that a quick enough no for you (laughs) i was gonna say (laughs) um 
and so, but the and, and it's almost like this just conviction of like, man, it's like you, you. I can tell you enjoy doing that so much that I almost want to do that. Yeah. Right. Um, so sharing your passions with others and inspiring them to to uh, to, to explore their own passions. Next one is uh, inspire confidence. You can, which is pretty self-explanatory, but you can enhance your own charisma by uh, dampening your insecurities in favor of celebrating your strengths. So share your confidence with others so that they feel stronger in your presence. Um, you know, all of these people, you kind of talked about gurus and stuff like that. They all have flaws. Yep. Right, that guy in the 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 tiki hut or the sweat lodge, right? Yep. I'm sure he didn't say, "Oh, I don't know what I'm doing" or whatever. I've never done a sweat lodge before. No, man, I bet you those he had those people convinced that he was, you know, nine. He was, nine, he was never he was, gonna let them. He die. was he nine was, quarters Navajo. Yeah, you know, exactly. he's just like he's he's in it. You know, I've done this a hundred times, which you know, he just I throw football over the mountains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, the third one is is share conviction. Their conviction is consistent, uh, and their actions are consistent, and they influence uh, that other. So basically, you 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 do what you say you're going to do, um, and your actions are, are consistent with that. So you can enhance your charisma by being diligent and committed, inspire others by helping them engage in uh, a common cause. So number four is uh, you are gr- a great storyteller. I think this one's huge. That's what I think that I I enjoy that, and I think it as you know, being a podcaster myself, I think that's something that I'm always trying to refine and get better at storytelling, uh, so that yeah. people remember stories. People don't remember data. People don't remember charts or different things. They remember the how they felt when you told that story. Yeah, it's all in the delivery. Exactly. Right. Who says that? Um, I don't know who says that. Dan always said that. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So. Being a great storyteller, um, moving someone to action requires context and motivation. Story are stories are one of the most effective way to uh, inspire people, motivate people, or to have them remember what you're talking about. Uh, enhance your charisma by learning the craft of telling meaningful emotional stories. Uh, practice the art of humor, metaphors, and symbolism so you can entertain while you inform. I thought that was kind of cool. And, you know, here on the podcast, uh, I think both of us have told some pretty good stories. And then I think both of us have also told good stories, but have not told it the it, the best, right? The presentation oh, wasn't yeah. the best. Really. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've gotten off some of these episodes. We're like, man, that was a sick story, but maybe I wasn't prepared enough. Or, yeah. oh, man, I didn't have any details as I wanted to. Or, yeah. you know, some different things like that. So storytelling is huge. And then the fifth one is connect emotionally. Uh, when speaking with uh, someone that's charismatic, they make you feel like you are the only person on the planet. Uh, people connect and stay because they have a strong positive emotion in the presence of someone truly charismatic. So just being able to sit with someone, and actually um, there's a couple of people that said this of, of Bill Clinton, that when you yeah. were in, when you sat down and when you talked with him, it was like there was no one else in the room. I mean, his his uh, depends on if you're uh, a, a, a young woman. <laughs> well, and it just it just kind of it, it, it felt like, and I'm sure there's other people too, um, but it felt like his attention was was on you or a charismatic person. When you talk with them, they're not going to be distracted. They're not going to be looking at their watch. They're not going to be whatever. It's like it's like they're paying attention. 
um, and and you feel that. And so, looking uh, at your watch, that is, yeah, a terrible. It was almost like don't even wear a watch. Um, I'm sure you saw the photo of Joe Biden checking his watch when the he dead ch- Marines. He are- checked his watch like seven times during the thing. Oh my gosh! Well, for those of you who don't know, uh, there was uh, 13 Marines that yep. died in Afghanistan, and uh, we were terribly pulling out of Afghanistan. And uh, then, like when, a memorial service, when they were at a memorial service, uh, he was standing there and he kept checking his watch. That was like, I think it was Bush Senior at one of the debates. Uh, he checked his watch. It was like a, fi- it was just like I, I could just see the footage in my mind. It, he just checked his watch, like, and then that the image of that was so negative uh, that people were like, "What? He's got something to go do, or you know, what's going on here?" And they, people, some people said that, that was kind of a tipping point for him where. You know, people didn't people didn't like that how that came off. Yeah. And obviously, it's it's interesting how something just so small can can communicate uh, something that is uh, like you don't care. You know. Yeah. So connecting empathetically with is is how it's stated here is is just focusing all your energy and all your energy and attention on the person that is in front of you, shutting down your inner voice and uh, connect with that person. Uh, so you can see and hear and feel the energy and the information that that person is sharing with you, um, which I'm sure that my wife would appreciate if I did that a little bit better. But uh, put the phone down <laughs> and listen. I was, was going to actually, I was walking through these and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm pretty decent at that. I'm pretty decent at that. I'm pretty decent. And then I got to that last one. I was like, there's sometimes I'm just talking with people and I'm like thinking about a million other things. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that. I try to do active listening and I've heard that like even, even having your phone off and like upside down, like, so say you're in a meeting and your phone's off and like upside down on the table, even that is a distraction because it's there. So put your phone in your pocket, uh, and you know, don't be checking. I mean, nowadays a lot of people are working remotely anyway, but like, uh, so, you know, if your wife's talking to you, put the phone down and listen to her, you know, and just, Make eye contact and engage, and I think that may, that goes a long way. Uh, some of the ones I had here uh, are, are from that book I was telling you about. Uh, kind of some of the major takeaways here from that book, and to be quite honest, I didn't read the book. I just kind of read some, some synopsis, some Cliff Notes versions. Uh, spark Notes. Yeah, exactly, Spark Notes. Um, so one was uh, make yourself comfortable uh, if you want to be charismatic. So if you can get in a comfortable in a situation beforehand, uh, then the people are more likely to, to sense that. Uh, one of the examples, and she said, you know, for example, if you, it's, let's just say your shirt's, un- your shirt's untucked or something like that, and you, you want to get situated beforehand, but if you can't get situated or you are uncomfortable, like for, she gave an example of someone who's sensitive to sunlight, <clears throat> instead of just squinting the whole time, which you know, it kind of puts a, a weird, weird, awkward look on your face, and is not very charismatic. You could just say, "Hey, you know, I've got some sensitivity to the light, uh, and that's why I'm I'm looking like this." Or, or maybe the person would would meet in situations like dimly lit restaurants uh, to uh, accommodate for his, uh, you know, sensitivity. So uh, sometimes, if you're, uh, you know, in that situation, and sometimes I, I think it's okay to sometimes make fun of yourself, like uh, you. you you know, something. One time, I remember I was at like a like this was when I was I was like a teenager, but uh, I was at some kind of church function or something, and and uh, 
some one of the adults. Uh, I had a plate and a cup. I had a plate that I was eating like a brownie off of, and then I had a cup in my other hand. Um, and they were like, hey, um, they said, hey, this is my dad. And they introduced me to their dad. It was it was an adult who's introducing me to their adult dad. And I was like, oh, how are you? He reached out his hand and shook my hand. And I was like, I don't know what to do because I had both. I had stuff in both my hands. And then the, the, the lady who was introducing me to her dad, she took my glass. And then I, I shook his hand. And I said, man, I wish I had another hand uh, to hold all this stuff. And I just kind of made a joke at myself. Uh, I think that's kind of that charisma that, that um, make you know, a little bit of self-deprecation is okay sometimes. Uh, just kind of break the ice. Break the humor, you know. Yeah. Uh, so another one here was uh, create a ritual to get into your peak state before uh, you need to be charismatic. So a lot of actors or, uh, you know, if you're giving a big presentation, visualize what it's going to be like when you go out there and when you are talking to people, think about what their faces are going to look like. Do your uh, power poses. Yeah, exactly. Kind of run through what that's going to be like ahead of time. Uh, and then it get, helps you get in that good mind space. Speaking of mind space, it also talks about maybe using mindfulness techniques uh, to build charisma and, and a sense of presence. Um, if you were wondering how you do that, you know, you could start by taking a few breaths. Recall a time when you did a good deed. Uh, imagine someone displaying warm affection to you. So that can be anybody, dead or alive or, or, or real or, or not real. Uh, just imagine them saying, oh, you're doing a great job and like displaying that warm affection. And then imagine feeling of forgiveness and acceptance radiated f- from that being and en- enveloping you. So one of the things that I, I think about whenever I'm going to go present to people, I'm like, you know, these people, you know, they, they're just humans too. And they probably don't know everything that I'm talking about. They don't know everything that I'm talking about. And that's why I'm here. And, and they're understanding. And, you know, sometimes you, you got to get in, in the, in the mental space and then you can be more charismatic. And so, uh, some of the other just takeaways here that she's, uh, lady wrote it and in her book was, uh, dressing and present yourself with care. I think this is an important one. Uh, uh, listening intently, and that's that active listening you talked about, Ethan. Uh, minding your own bo- your body language. We've talked about that before in other podcasts. Uh, how body language is so important about being assertive. I think it was assertive or confidence versus arrogance. We talked about yeah. body language. Um, choose words carefully. Uh, crafting stories when presenting before an audience, and uh, varying your voice fluctuations for maximum impact. Uh, and as well as staying in the moment or uh, being present. And then another one was taking up space. We talked about confidence versus arrogance, some body language that, you know, people who come in and like sit down and they take up a lot of space. It shows that you're confident in that space. Whereas, you know, you watch, shrink up if, or... if you watch someone on like a, a talk show or whatever and, and they come in and then they just sit and they just sit like with their shoulders together, or their hands together and their feet together they're taking up as minimal spe- amount of space as possible, which kind of indicates they're not confident in that space. Whereas you get like George Clooney or something because in there and they're like, you know, kind of just stretching out a little bit and they're like making that space their own. So they're making themselves big. That was an, that was a, a name that came up a lot whenever I researched cares, uh, charisma. Oh, yeah. George Clooney came up a lot. Uh, yeah. And those are great. I think all of those things help to build confidence in what you're doing, what you're saying, your preparation, feeling comfortable, like all those things just help you to, to build that confidence. Um, and, and, and 
those kind of go along with the ones that I had said and, and a couple of the ones of what can I do on the daily to be more charismatic as well. Um, listen actively. We talked about that. Speak clearly. Uh, smile from within. Um, kind of like that energy we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Stand up tall. Take up that space. Uh, uh, spread praise, which is kind of building other people up. Uh, people like to be built up. People like to be complimented. People like to be, uh, you know, built up. Yeah. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting, which I'm not very good at, is remembering people's names. Yes. And, and then saying their names when you're talking to them. Yes. And and specifically, like, you know, especially if it's more than just one person, like if there's like a couple people you met, then to be able to say, you know, uh, yeah, uh, John or, or, I mean, it's a pretty easy one to remember, but, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, uh, whatever. I completely agree. And they actually use their name in conversation. And I think a lot of times, yeah, too. Yeah, Ranjit. You know, at work, <laughs> these guys, these crazy names, and I'm like, Rajit Nandaranjaran. And they're like, oh, okay. Uh, can I just call you Raj? Raj? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, yes, you can. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, and then the last one was was eye contact. Um, so I looked, I was curious to see, like, what kind of uh, careers or industries do charismatic people tend to fall under? And actually, the list kind of surprised me, but it was it was actors, uh, TV and radio, school principals, HR specialists, and CEOs. That so was the, list. The, the positions where you have to deal with people. Yeah, like you HR specialists, those are the people that you're going to get fired or that you're going to get hired from. Yeah. You know what careers do not have charismatic people? IT. IT developers. <laughs> <laughs> Full stack developers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like the most... Dry, engineers yeah most introverted people well i think they I think we talk about, let's talk about introverts versus extroverts right yeah so introverts are people that just don't necessarily want to be that like outgoing and stuff so they're going to gravitate more towards things where they can just you know be in a computer and be coding all day uh and that's kind of a struggle with my job is that i have kind of a mix as a as a data scientist uh i guess you know a data scientist is kind of a unicorn term but really i'm just kind of a data analyst uh I do part of my work in code and then part of it is just presenting and, and working with stakeholders. And so I don't really like the, the coding part is so much because it's just, you know, head down in the code, but I like presenting and telling stories and, and putting together presentations. And I think that's because I have a little bit more of that charis, charismatic part of me that maybe a little bit more of an extrovert, which most analysts in my realm really don't have. And so we have some of these like broader team meetings where people just present stuff. And some of the presentations are absolutely brutal, man. Absolutely brutal. Yeah. And I'm like listening to this and I'm, I'm like, Oh my gosh, how did that? <laughs> how, how, why, why is she, why is this person even talking? Uh, it was, how is this some person them, a managing director? <laughs> yeah. So, well, no, managing directors usually aren't presenting. It's usually low level anal- analysts, but this one, time this girl was presenting and she was just saying she said um after every single word and it was so distracting i was just like i can't understand anything you're saying been there done that and it's hard to once you get into that to to, to break especially that if you're nervous yeah yeah but you know obviously i think that 
my job is to become an advocate for storytelling and to help people get beyond that and, and to say, hey, it doesn't matter how much cool data you have. If you can't tell the story the right way, nobody cares. And so uh, that's one thing that... Oh, another a couple other suggestions here. Make eye contact. Yeah. Uh, if you lock eyes with people, uh, and not like in a creepy way, it's okay to look away occasionally, but if, as you kind of make eye contact with him, even if you're speaking from like a pulpit or up in front of people... Look around the audience and make eye contact with people, and that will engage them, and that will be more authentic. Uh, when you're talking to someone, take an authentic interest in what they have to say. So, you know, don't obviously like ask too many questions because you might be perceived as like, you know, diving too deep into their personal life or whatever. But if someone's like, "Oh yeah, I like photography," you're like, "Well, tell me more about that. Like, how long have you been doing photography, or or what types of photography do you like to do?" Or you know, that people like. It's like, oh, that was so cool. Like, they were interested in what I do. And so that's one way to be charismatic. Another one is usernames, like you said. The other one is being humble, sometimes being willing to, to joke at yourself or make a joke at your own expense. The Rock does this uh, quite a bit. He'll make, sometimes he'll make jokes at his own expense. I would say The Rock is very charismatic. I mean, oh, you can add to your list of careers uh, of charismatic people, WWE wrestlers. <laughs> well, that goes into actors, you yeah. know, but uh, he's very charismatic. I was gonna say I was gonna say one that uh, as well. Uh, Kevin Hart, yes, is kind of oh yeah, totally. super charismatic. Is just like yeah. Another one that I thought was interesting was reading positive intent in situations uh, can help you see more charismatic, and it can help actually help you turn around a conversation uh, that maybe is headed in a direction you don't want to. One of the examples that was given was uh, there was like. Uh, it was an interview between you know Brie Larson, uh, who's the yeah, Captain Marvel, yeah, and then it was uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, who plays Thor, and then uh, the uh, guy who plays Warhammer. I don't remember what his name is. It, it used to be Ewan Gunning Jr., didn't it? And then he left. Oh, you're talking about War Machine. You War Machine. War Machine. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. So that. the new. Anyway, they were all in an interview, and like, um, you know, someone was like, she was like, oh, I do all my own stunts, and and then. Chris Hemsworth was like, yeah, sure. You're like an original Tom Cruise. And he was just joking. And she's like, I don't want to be Tom Cruise. I'm myself. And she was taking it super seriously. And it was like, that was an example of where like assuming positive. And she's like, are we fighting? It's like, we've been fighting all day. And it was like very like off-putting, like the way that she was acting. Uh, and so it was kind of just like, oh, Not man. charismatic. No, she's not charismatic at all. Uh, and, and so I was like, wow, this is really off-putting and it's because she was reading negative intent in what he was saying instead of saying like oh tom cruise he's a legend you know uh you know that'd be uh, i don't know if i could you know thanks uh, for the comparison oh, yeah yeah know, exactly like playing it off and some, instead of saying something like that and, uh, and assuming positive intent and being charismatic she was just like ah you know um oh like like i, I might have told this story once but uh this one guy at work uh, he got like a brand new Jeep. He, it wasn't a brand new Jeep. It was a used Jeep. Uh, but it was a nice, it was a nice Jeep. Uh, it was like a Jeep Grand Cherokee or something. And we went out, we went out to lunch as a team and I rode with him and I was like, dude, this is a nice car, man. And like, honestly, I, I felt like it was a nice car. I was trying to give him a compliment. And, uh, I was like, man, like, is this thing, I was like, looking around, I was like, this thing is super nice. I was like, does this thing also shine shoes? And like held my feet out like this. And, uh, I think he thought I was being like sarcastic about his car and I was just kind of joking with him. But I mean, honestly, I've, I was trying to compliment his car. I wasn't like 
saying like, oh, your car is not that nice. It's just a Jeep. Um, and he was like, he, but he didn't take it with a positive intent. He was just like, yeah. He's like, or he was just like, no, it doesn't do that. And I was like, oh. I was like, I'm just, I was like, I'm just like, messing. Man. Oh, sorry. Cause it was a real question, but I was like, I'm just playing like, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I, I really think your car is nice. You know, I was just joking. Uh, but anyway, that was like a, it was awkward for me then. Cause then it seemed like I was being serious, even though I was obviously like over the top kind of joking. Uh, but our relationship was not really that good when we, we both started on the same day. Uh, and our boss told us, welcome to the Thunderdome Two enter and one, only one will, will leave. <laughs> and we're like, okay. Oh, so imagine starting a job like that. Yeah. You're not going to like the opponent, your opponent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we butt heads a couple times. Um, I have a couple more, one more thing. Uh, uh, I saw a quote about introverts, and this is from a professor, uh, Carrie Keating, at a professor of psychology at the Colgate University. So they study like toothpaste and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the toothpaste place? Yeah, I said. Uh, she said, uh, introverts need to do two things to become charismatic: make people feel liked and show them your power. She says, charisma is just that balance between inviting us in close and letting us feel your power by standing apart. Many introverts are halfway there. So they're halfway there because they're already standing apart. But if they invite people in, uh, then they that is that that charisma. Um, so I, I was like, one part I didn't like about that quote, and I was like, making people feel liked? I was like, I don't know if I like that. Like, I don't want to be a people pleaser. Is that my job to make other people feel liked? Yeah, and like, I don't know, I, I, this whole thing, like researching charisma generally, I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm at the point in my life where I don't really care what people think, you know? I'm just kind of like, I'm going to do my own thing, and I'm going to be myself, and if people don't like me, then I don't care, you know? It's just like, whatever. Uh, so I think that's just kind of comes with getting older, you know, uh, as I enter my... Well, I'm not quite in my mid thirties yet, but I'm in my early thirties. Um, so two, how, two more years, and I'll be in my mid thirties. So how could you be charismatic but not a people pleaser? Yeah. So let's talk about that. So the difference between being a people pleaser and charismatic is that someone who is charismatic does not compromise who they are to be amiable in a situation. Uh, so they could be flexible, uh, but they do not compromise their core beliefs. So a couple things that uh, people pleasers don't have people pleasers don't do the following or don't have the following they don't have self-esteem they derive that ex they want that external validation of like oh you're so nice or you're so kind and that's where they get their validation from they don't get it internally i don't get my validation from people telling me i'm so awesome all the time even though i ask my wife to tell me that every single night now just kidding yeah. <laughs> uh, no like when my wife says oh you're, you did a great job and like Oh, thank you. Like it feels good whenever people oh, give yeah, you that, but absolutely. it's like yeah, like, it's, it's like, almost like an extra. For example, like when we did uh the that that fiftieth episode, I I was just I spent we spent a lot of time on doing that fiftieth episode, right? And I was really proud of that. And I knew that it was really good. And like my wife was like, Oh, you did a great job on that. I was like, Thank you so much. And I appreciated that compliment, but I did not need that as validation uh, to know that I had done a good job. Uh just because I felt very proud about that that specific episode and um but it was almost it almost uh, it almost makes you happy that someone else enjoyed it yeah oh yeah i love it when if you know when people say hey great podcast or 
or hey, great job. Uh, I absolutely am like, yeah. So because I like, you know, people, if they say great job or they like the podcast, that means that it affected them in some way that hopefully affected them in a positive way in their life or, or gave them an interesting perspective or entertain them at least. And I like that. So obviously I like to hear that, but I don't need that external validation to have self-esteem. That being said, please like and share comment. <laughs> <laughs> we really need, no. we really need your comments. <laughs> yeah. Well, really, I mean, I, I think for the most part, the liking and sharing of the content, we appreciate that. But really what that does is it helps us grow. That's the and it helps thing. us get to new people. So like you giving us a, a review on iTunes, like I, I yeah, like we like I would love to hear people like if, on Apple Podcasts say like, oh yeah, you did a great job. Like I was looking at some stats the other day. We got people in like Australia and like South Africa listening to our podcast. And I'm like, whoa, that'd be awesome to hear from some of these people. That would be cool. But um yeah, most of the part, like th- these algorithms on these social media platforms, if they don't have likes or they're not shared. It doesn't get pushed. It doesn't get anywhere, and then nobody ever sees our content. So um, that's why we always ask uh, you guys to do that because that helps us uh, just get out there more. Uh, and it's not because we're like, oh, we got to like, maybe we're doing good on this podcast, you know. Uh, so whether you like it or not, we're not going to stop. <laughs> yeah. So a couple other ones here. Uh, so people pleasers don't, uh, they don't have their own opinion. Uh, they don't have the LG, they don't stand up for themselves. They don't. They're not confident. Uh, they don't have their own personality, and they don't have. To, they don't know how to say no or stop. Uh, I know some people like that that just will say yes to everybody, and they just want to be nice to everybody, and because they don't want any drama or anything to let people walk all over them, and they won't say no or stop or this is enough because they don't want any drama. They don't want to ruffle any feathers. Uh, and that's how you, you know, but they're miserable inside, but they just, they just don't want any stress or, 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 or problems. And so it's kind of a miserable way to live, but that's kind of the difference between a people pleaser and someone who's charismatic. Uh, it, it kind of goes down to that core, I, I think, esteem, uh, and personality. Uh, and it goes from a genuine, it goes to, are you being nice because you want external validation or are you being nice because you just want to get to know people, and you want them to feel good around you, uh, and also you, um, you know, want to learn from them too. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. In my old age, uh, I, I feel like whenever I talk to people now, oh, I'm saying this while I'm talking on my own podcast, but uh, whenever I talk to people, it's like I already know what I have to say, but I don't know what they have to say. So I feel like I just want to, now I'm much more focused on what other people have to say and listening to them and because I already know what I'm going to say and what I'm going to say is not that interesting to me, but unless it's a question, I ask a lot of questions. So that's one thing I will do is when people are talking, I always say, well, tell me about this or tell me about this because I like to hear different opinions. But uh, as I get older, I want to talk less and listen much more. I think that's a, I think it's a sign of maturity. Maybe. I think there's some kind of Socrates or 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 Plato quote about that, about when you get old, you're just asking why, 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 why? I don't know. Anyway. Maybe we'll have to post that. Yeah. So you got a quote uh, and I yeah, got a quote. Yeah, so we, we came up with quotes at the end. Uh, mine is kind of a, a combination of some of my own words and then um, a, a, a great quote from Spider-Man. So um, so it says, having Which the, Spider-Man? 
The OG Spider-Man. Yeah, the the red and blue one. How about that? Uh, So it says, having the ability to influence people and convince them to follow you is a very powerful skill. But remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Nice. Yeah. So So mine was, being charismatic opens doors of opportunity by making lasting impressions on those you meet. Do not underestimate the power of a network. I like it. So... So yeah, uh, I I think that uh, you know you didn't mention in your list of careers there if podcasters are charismatic or not. So I think we might just fall in the middle ground area. So maybe we'll we'll just have to keep working on it. But uh, it's always good to refresh on this kind of stuff. And I, I almost like want to have like a little note card that I can just ref- like look at before I go into a presentation and just be like, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this. Con- like a note card on like confidence, body language, uh, and like charisma. You know. Yeah, just kind of check the boxes off. Yeah, that'd be good. So uh, anyway, hopefully uh, y'all found this episode enlightening and uh, hopefully you've you paused it several times and you've taken several notes on this because uh, everybody can be more charismatic and more kind. I think we could all be a little bit kinder to each other uh, and that doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that my biggest takeaway from this is just being a more active listener. I guess something I could definitely work on to be more charismatic. Put the phone down, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So anyway, well, thank you all uh, for, for joining today, and uh, let's build that creed together. All right, let's do it.